Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Friday, the 24th of June, and this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. Iowa Democrats made their case to their national party to keep the Iowa caucuses in the early presidential nominating calendar yesterday. The DNC committee that sets the calendar asked states to apply for a slot in the early window. They're hearing presentations from the 16 states and Puerto Rico. IPR's Clay Masters is in Washington, D.C. for the meeting and has this report. The Democratic National Committee has made clear they prefer primary elections to caucuses. The Iowa Democratic Party presented their proposed changes to the caucuses that would involve mailing in presidential preference cards 14 to 28 days ahead of caucus night. Scott Brennan, who serves on this national committee, was part of the group that made Iowa's case. He told his colleagues on the committee that the four current early states of Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina should stay in place. Starting this process in Iowa has resulted in our Democratic nominee winning the popular vote in the last four presidential elections. Why would we mess with success? House Minority Leader Jennifer Conferst and State Party Chair Ross Wilburn were also there to make Iowa's case. The committee has also said they want competitive states early on, and Conferst talked about the competitive nature of three of the state's four congressional districts. A final decision on the calendar is expected in August. Meanwhile, national Republicans are moving forward with the traditional early states in 2024. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley voted no, and Senator Joni Ernst voted yes on the bipartisan gun bill that passed the U.S. Senate last night. Both of Iowa's Republican senators issued written statements shortly after the bill passed on a 65-33 to 33 vote. Ernst says every American wants to keep their kids and our schools safe and provide folks access to mental health treatment. And she says this proposal helps do that without placing new restrictions on law-abiding gun owners. Grassley says he shares the concerns of Iowans discussed with gun violence and much of the legislation is good, but he says the bill's vague legal definitions mean there's no guarantee courts will equally safeguard the due process rights of gun owners. The U.S. House is expected to vote on the bill today. A western Iowa town will hold its very first Immigrant Heritage Festival tomorrow. As IPR's Kendall Crawford reports, Denison residents will get the chance to celebrate the small town's diverse communities. The festival will feature everything from cultural dances to a parade to the unveiling of the community's newest mural. It's a work of local art that reads, Immigration is Beautiful. Alma Puga is the president of the Denison chapter of the League of United Latin American Citizens. She says she organized the festival as a way for immigrants of all backgrounds to share their cultures. Immigrants are pretty much the reason why our town is still here. Without immigrants, I don't think we would have a good-sized town. Puga says in recent years, she's seen a growth in the immigrant community, with residents from Sudan, Laos, and Central American communities. The 2020 census showed more than a third of the community is foreign-born. Iowa State University is suspending its men's hockey club from competition next year in response to allegations of hazing. A university investigation found that the club held events going back to at least 2018. 
where new members were required to drink alcohol. At other times, they were targeted for what the report called personal humiliation. Hockey club members at ISU will be required to go through anti-hazing and alcohol abuse training. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Iowa Democrats have made their final case to keep their caucuses first in the order of nominating a presidential candidate. The Democratic National Committee had states apply for the early window, and the committee that sets the calendar has been hearing their presentations this week. IPR's Clay Masters reports from Washington, D.C. on how Iowa made their case and how it was received. One by one, delegations from 16 states and one territory made their pitch before a large group of powerful national Democrats. Some brought their high-profile politicians, other states had slick videos, some even brought little goodie bags for the members of the committee. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can look in your goodie bags a little later. Sorry, you all. You can see they get very excited about trinkets. The traditional early states of New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina were there, as well as new Midwest states trying out, like Minnesota and Michigan, that have performed better than Iowa for top-of-the-ticket Democrats in recent elections. When Iowa Democratic Party Chair Ross Wilburn sat before the committee, his gift to the group was admission it was time for the caucuses to change. Now, we recognize um, that uh, the caucuses have they been conducted since the 1970s are no longer aligned with a vibrant and just 21st century democracy. In order to continue growing our party, we need to make changes. Throughout the year, members of this committee have been panning caucuses in their meetings for not being as inclusive as a primary election. The debacle of the delayed 2020 Iowa caucus results only added fuel to their fire. Wilburn highlighted the fundamental changes they've proposed, where a caucus-goer would request a presidential preference card and then have 14 to 28 days to either mail it back or return it in person. Wilburn's explanation garnered a lot of questions from the members, like Elaine Kmark, who said what they're proposing sounds a lot like a primary election. Does New Hampshire believe that just because you say it's a caucus, it is a caucus? (laughs) Because if it looks like a primary, traditionally the state of New Hampshire has said, No, 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 you can't go first. Scott Brennan was also part of the team making the case for Iowa. He's a former state party chair who also serves on this national committee. He told her that Iowa has a state law that says it has to hold the first caucus in the country, just as New Hampshire has a law that makes it the first primary state. We are focused on complying with our state law, which mandates that we are a caucus, and we believe that what we have proposed meets the requirements of Iowa Code Section 43.4. But this DNC committee's hunger for shaking the calendar up isn't just about how votes are cast. They also want states going early that are competitive in the general election. Iowa has only been turning redder recently. Iowa House Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst pointed out to the committee that Iowa's voter registration remains a third Republican, a third Democratic, and a third no party. She noted that three of the state's four congressional districts are consistently toss-ups, and she said Republicans are holding their caucuses first in Iowa, and that affects the state's competitiveness up and down the ticket. Every time a Republican candidate comes to Iowa and visits the district of one of my members or one of my candidates, 
They're building an organization on the other side, and they are building enthusiasm and engagement among voters. That isn't going to change. In fact, Republicans have been testing the presidential waters in Iowa already. The Iowa group also talked about the cheap media markets that make it easier for lower-profile candidates to run for president. A big hurdle for Iowa making the cut is its lack of racial and ethnic diversity. While they talked about the pockets of diversity within this overwhelmingly white population, other Midwest states in the running, like Minnesota, had the upper hand. Here's Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan when it was her state's turn. We are proud that Minnesota is home to the world's largest Somali diaspora, the nation's largest Liberian and Karen populations, and the second largest Hmong population in the country, as well as 11 federally recognized tribal nations, which represent some of the largest Native populations in the Midwest. Flanagan also noted she's the highest ranking Native American woman to serve an elected office in the country. Michigan's Lieutenant Governor, Garland Gilchrist, also highlighted his state's diversity. He says they'd be in a good place to go early because their population goes hand-in-hand with its general election competitiveness. The reason that it's the best is because we are the most representative and what you do in Michigan can and will translate and scale nationally. Other states making the ask to go first included Washington State, Colorado, and Illinois. There was Connecticut and New Jersey. Texas was there. How did Iowa stack up against all this competition? Committee member Mo Alethi has been one of the sharpest critics of Iowa. He says he gives them a lot of credit for reimagining the caucus process and coming up with something different. Having said that, whenever there is something new, Right, the devil's in the details, and it raises a lot of questions about the execution and what it really looks like and all the details. And I think the line of questioning today from some of my colleagues on the committee reflects that. But there isn't a lot of time between now and when they need to have a recommendation of which four or five states should start things off. While members on this committee seem ready for a change, Iowa Democratic Party Chair Ross Wilburn told reporters after their presentation, the current window still works. We're not just talking about tradition for tradition's sake. We are talking about effectiveness. And the four early states with Iowa have been uh, a great barometer for how the country feels and has been effective at getting candidates elected for president and that trickling down to other offices. A final decision from this committee is expected later this summer, and any new state in the mix would likely have to work it out with their Republican counterparts. The RNC, meanwhile, is keeping their calendar status quo. No matter what happens, Iowa Democrats will find out if the case they made this week was strong enough to keep Iowa early or lose their prized place they've had in American politics this last half century. In Washington, D.C., I'm Clay Masters, IPR News. This is Iowa Public Radio's Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julie Englander.